T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Phil. Hey, good morning. My pleasure. Absolutely. So one of your pieces that caught our eye, you're talking about you know the FCC, um, and during starting, you start in 2015 talking about the fact that under Trump, the chairman Ajit Pai, who was here on WPHT, we all interviewed him, and at the time trying to repeal those Obama era regulations, everybody was losing their mind just talking about internet service and how it should or should not be controlled. Take me through as as you're talking about. And your your entitled piece um, ending regulatory tyranny. Well, it's pretty remarkable because um, we saw the left, the media, and elected Democrats completely lose their minds. Uh, they literally said, "You know, these Obama regulations were only in place for two years. So, in the entire history of the internet, there were only two years that uh, internet service providers were regulated, like public utilities, and uh, they did it towards the end of the Obama administration." And Pi came in, uh, Trump made him chairman, and he basically said, look, uh, the only thing that this accomplished for the last two years is uh, substantially reducing private investment. That's not the approach that we want. We want as much private investment as possible uh, in the Internet sector. And so we're going to get rid of these regulations. And you would have thought that uh, he said he was going to, like, kill your firstborn or something. I mean, the reaction, it was it was. Uh, so insanely over the top. Every liberal media outlet had, uh, you know, Trump FCC is trying to destroy the Internet, break the Internet. Uh, tweets are going to load one word at a time. They rolled out, uh, they, they rolled out the, the gay groups, the LGBT mm-hmm. groups said that, uh, they were going to have mass deaths because with the, when the Internet breaks, people won't be able to get suicide prevention resources and they will literally die and this is going to kill people and, uh, you know, somehow, uh, somehow we all survived it. Not, not only did we all survive it, uh, but the actual consequences were a pretty incredible deregulatory success story. Uh, private investments snapped back up to the pre-regulation trend line. Speeds, internet speeds approximately tripled uh, in the next few years after the deregulation. And prices were flat or even down in many areas as there was intense competition between the phone guys, the cable guys, and increasingly wireless guys got into home internet as well. And so we had really one of the great all-time deregulatory success stories. And we actually had one of the most vivid uh, sort of experiences proving that our approach was a better approach than the regulatory approach. Because what happened when the lockdowns hit was a massive amount of activity that used to take place uh, offline moved online. And other than, you know, maybe an occasional hiccup here and there, U.S. basically handled it fine. Uh, we had the network capacity to handle that with, with basically no, no major problems, whereas in Europe, 
where they have a much more regulated model and much less competition, uh, they had major problems. They had regulators calling up YouTube and Netflix telling them to, you know, down resolution their streams because they had bandwidth limitations when everything was moving online. So they had actual rationing of bandwidth in Europe with a regulated approach. Uh, we had uh, this sort of incredible real-world stress test that we've passed with flying colors. And so you look at this state of affairs and you say, wow, that deregulation was brilliant. What a great idea. The Trump FCC got it right. The Obama FCC got it wrong. We should never do that again unless you're a liberal Democrat because they never admit they were wrong. And so the moment they got three Democrats on the FCC again, they're proposing to bring back the Obama regulations again. So that's where we are. Uh, they, they refuse to learn uh, any lessons from, from actual experience. The bottom line, and everybody can go to AmericanCommitment.org and read more with your great pieces that you've written um, there on American Commitment. But the bottom line in this that catches my eye, two, two thoughts on this. I do think that conservatives and Republicans are never good at sort of a catchy, a catchy slogan. And so in this one, why not just say, you know, free market, free speech or something like that? Because in it, what you're talking about is not only does the government want to want to control this, but also with that could come content regulation. Right. And so it goes goes down to free speech. I definitely agree with that. You know, I, I, every time I say that, I get called a conspiracy theorist, but I really believe that economic regulation will at some point lead to content restriction. And uh, they're already spending obscene amounts, billions of dollars of our tax dollars uh, subsidizing uh, broadband under this uh, Biden administration. And, you know, I think what they're going to do, I think it's sort of a two or three step thing, but they're pretty far down the road. They're going to say, you know, these are public networks built with public money that need to be regulated in the public interest. And we can't allow dangerous disinformation on them, i.e. conservative speech. And, uh, I, you know, they, we, we already saw them attempt this throughout COVID. Uh, we know they want to do the same thing for climate. And, I, you know, I think the, the only way you really protect uh, free speech and prevent content manipulation is if you don't have government regulation. Because if you have economic regulation, okay, you're, you're an ISP. Your regulator calls you up and says, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't want to crack down on your rates and find you a huge amount of money, but there's some dangerous disinformation on there. Maybe you should do something about it. And, uh, you know, they don't have to formally adopt censorship. That phone call's enough. Uh, you know, those are the same tactics we saw them use during COVID. And so when you have economic control over a company, uh, it's very easy to uh, exploit it to push the political control agenda. And if that's not what they're doing, Don, then what's the point? What exactly could they possibly be trying to accomplish uh, with regulations that don't address any actual problem that exists, but they seem dead set on imposing anyway? It's so true. And also, I wanted to talk to you about the fact that American commitment that the coalition, as well of 43 conservative and free market groups, that you sent a letter to Congress calling for the repeal of the drug price control provisions, as you write, of the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the most uh, ironically named act, I think, ever right. in the history of our country, because it does anything but that. But can you, you know, talk about, is there, first of all, is there any response, any update to that coalition letter to end these prescript, the IRA, you know, prescription drug price controls and why you think this is so bad for Americans? 
Well, it's a tough one, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone hates the drug companies, and we have lots of good reasons to hate yeah. them. So it's sort of you know an easy political punching bag. The problem is that the way that the Biden administration tried to save money in Inflation Reduction Act is they just said the Secretary of HHS is going to set the price for ten drugs, and if you don't like the price that the secretary sets, we're going to tax you, you know, up to like a thousand percent. Basically, we're going to tax you into oblivion; you'll be out of business. And then they called that a negotiation because negotiation is a word that pulls well. But, I mean, it's not negotiation. It's price setting. And, of course, you know, when you're government price setting, uh, you have shortages. And now all of these companies, when they're developing new drugs, they've got to kind of think through instead of instead of sort of let's develop the best drugs with the best upside, the blockbusters that can make a fortune. Now they got to think kind of. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Well, we don't want to be in the top 10 because then they'll price control us. So we want drugs that are sort of like good, but not too good. And so we've seen lots of cancer drug trials uh, canceled as a result of that. And they've really kind of disrupted the incentive for developing new cures because now you want to avoid being on that list where the secretary of HHS sets your price. So it's a very dangerous path that they're going down. And, um, you know, you know, like I said, I bashed the drug companies more or less nonstop through all of COVID, but yeah. this is the absolute wrong way to get it. Then it completely messes up the incentives to develop new cures and bring them to market. And the other aspect of this that seniors need to think about and that I think Democrats really need to pay a political price for is they didn't even use the savings in Medicare to shore up Medicare or to reduce prices for seniors. Almost all of the savings from their drug price controls we're given to green energy companies. We're given to wind and solar subsidies and electric vehicles and all of their other friends and uh, you know buddies uh, that benefit from all of the spending that was in Inflation Reduction Act. And that's like a ninety percent plus issue. You know, people might disagree about drug price controls, but nobody really thinks that if you have them, you ought to use all the money to give it to green energy people, which is what the Democrats did. And so I'm hoping that there'll be some political accountability for that next year. And you know, all the Democrats who voted for this will be kind of nailed to the wall on it by their opponents and in the general elections that like, look, if you really think this is a way to save money in Medicare, keep the money in Medicare or yeah. use it to 
lower prices for seniors, but this idea uh, that Medicare is a piggy bank that you can use for green energy giveaways, uh, there's, we, we've got to attach a, a negative political consequence to that. And my final question, Phil Kirpin, as we continue the conversation, talking about um, all your pieces and what, your great work at AmericanCommitment.org that I, I really hope everybody takes a look at and always follows your great pieces. But you, why are you writing about the Farm Bill? And why do you feel that the Farm Bill is an actually is a, an incredible opportunity for the new Speaker of the House? Well, I, I really, Kevin McCarthy is still running around saying, oh, I got, I got work requirements and the debt ceiling deal, like uh, that's some kind of accomplishment of his. And the truth is it was a 100% total and complete failure. It was actually worse than a 100% failure. We actually moved in the wrong direction, in the opposite direction. And the original uh, proposal uh, in the debt ceiling negotiations was we said we're going to go for strong work requirements on cash welfare, on housing assistance, on Medicaid, and on food stamps, and that was the Republican negotiating position. And I think the bill they eventually passed in the House had almost all of that. I think maybe it didn't have the housing, but it had all the rest of it. And uh, they had the upper hand. There had just been a statewide referendum in Wisconsin. The same day they elected a Democrat to the state Supreme Court, 80% of voters said there ought to be work requirements for welfare programs. Uh, this is a winning issue. And yet somehow in those negotiations, we ended up completely removing the work requirements for Medicaid, completely removing removing the strengthening of work requirements for cash welfare, completely removing the work requirements for housing, and they so messed up the negotiations with Democrats on the work requirements for food stamps that they actually ended up weakening that. There were fewer people subject to work requirements for food stamps after the bill passed uh, than before. And so I think the new speaker has got to look at farm bill if they end up doing a farm bill this Congress, and you know, maybe they'll just punt it, but uh, it is due for one. Uh, you know, about 75 or 80% of the spending in the farm bill typically is food stamps. And I think the new speaker has got to say, look, we're going to correct what Kevin yeah. McCarthy's big failure on uh, in the debt ceiling was, and we're going to really go for tough work requirements, not because we hate the people on food stamps and want to punish them, but because we love them and we want to give them uh, a leg up. We want to give them an incentive to get off of food stamps and back uh, onto the ladder of economic success in the workforce. And the way you do that is you say, if you want to get this benefit, you've got to either be working or in a certified job training program so we can get you into the into the workforce and kind of move you up so you won't need that assistance anymore. And I don't think that's punishing those people. I think it's doing them a favor. And so I really think we've got the, the moral and the political high ground on this. And uh, the new speaker's got to do a much better job than the last speaker did on seeing that through. Amen. Phil Kirpin, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Phil Kirpin, president of American Commitment. I hope you have a are you going away for Thanksgiving, or are you home for Thanksgiving? No, nah, we're 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 <laughs> staying home. So you know, we've got we've got four kids, so we've got kind of our own. Uh, we we've, we've got. We, we, it's easier for us to stay than yeah. to move. I hear you. Same here. Well, for, Phil. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. All right, Don. Have a great one. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.